What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. Back at it again today, Thursday, April 18th. I hope all you guys are having a beautiful day. Hope all you guys are having a great week, and I hope all you guys finish out your week strong and have a great weekend, and you guys are blessed. Just know that. With all that being said, last night we had three NBA playoff games. All three of the games were game twos of the series. The first game was the four-seeded Celtics taking on the five-seeded Pacers, and the final score was 99 Celtics to 91 Pacers so the Celtics take a serious a two a 2-0 serious lead um but let me run down these stats real quick. For the Pacers, Thaddeus Young had 15 points, 3 assists, 6 rebounds, 3 steals, 1 block. Uh, Bogdanovich had 23 points, 3 assists, 8 rebounds, 4 steals. Darren Collison, shout out to Darren from the hometown Rancho Cucamonga, had 13 points, 3 assists, 2 rebounds. Tyreek Evans had 13 points, 7 rebounds, 1 steal. And for the Celtics, Jason Tatum had a big-time game yesterday, had 26 points, 2 assists, 4 rebounds, 1 steal. Kyrie Irving, Mr. Clutch, Mr. Swerving, Uncle Drew, whatever you want to call him, took over the game yesterday. We'll talk about that in a second. Had 37 points, 7 assists, 6 rebounds, 1 steal, 2 blocks. Gordon Hayward had 13 points and 5 rebounds. Man. Um, this game was pretty interesting. I'm not going to lie. The Pacers came out swinging hard. They led for majority of the game. I think they led all the way until the third quarter, if I recall. Um, the Celtics came out kind of lackadaisical too. They had a lot of dumb turnovers. They had what? 14, they had 14 turnovers. They had a lot of stupid turnovers in the first half, especially to keep the Pacers in the game. But you got to give credit to the Pacers. Um, Tyreek Evans was hitting shots. Wes Matthews was hitting shots. Miles Turner was really disruptive on the defensive end for the Pacers. And the Celtics just kind of, they looked lazy. They looked like they didn't want to be there. Um, They looked like they needed to be, you know, kind of waking up. And that's kind of what happened in the fourth quarter. The second half, it was still a lot of the same. Um, But the Celtics, in the fourth quarter, they just... They finally woke up. <laughs> they finally got up. And they finally got out of that hole that they were in. Kyrie Irving pretty much told him that he was the best player on the court. Um, he had 18 points in the first half alone. 18 in the first half alone. But in that fourth quarter, he completely took over the game. Jason Tatum played really well, too. Like I said, he had 26 points. He was doing a lot of everything. He had a nasty dunk. He had a lot of mid-range jumpers, a few threes off of transition pull-ups. But Kyrie put him on their back and just told him, like, this is my team. I'm the best player. I've won a ring before, and I'm going to try and lead this team to another finals. And... He did that last night. He went off for, I don't even, like like I said, he had 18 in the first half, but in that fourth quarter, he was literally scoring everything. He has a whole lot of threes, and when he's hitting the three ball, he's virtually unstoppable. Like, he can do whatever he wants. When his three is falling, he can do whatever he wants. We already know he's an elite-level finisher. He can get, you know, to the glass whenever he wants. But like I said, when he's hitting that three ball, it's nothing you can do. And he just looked like he was he was the best player on the court last night. I think he is the best player in the series. And like I always say, if you have the best player in the series, you have a great chance to win. And I'm pretty sure the Pacers, I mean, excuse me, the Celtics are going to win this series, obviously, um, especially with the Pacers not having Victor Oladipo. Um, Because it will be a much different circumstance if the Pacers have Victor Oladipo, but we're not going to talk about that because they don't have him. But 
Kyrie just went insane, man. He was doing everything. It was like he had the ball in his hands every possession in that fourth quarter. And so the Celtics closed out that game on a 14-0 run. But like I said, Indiana was playing really well for the first three quarters, but they just couldn't hang on. And so the Celtics won the game 99-91, to making it a Celtics 2-0 series lead heading to Indiana for game three. The next game we had, probably the least interesting series of the first round of playoff games, is the one-seeded Bucks versus the eight-seeded Pistons. Going down the or let me say this: the Bucks won about twenty-one points, one twenty to ninety-nine. Um, for stats-wise, Andre Drummond had eighteen points, two assists, sixteen rebounds, two blocks. Uh, Reggie. Um, Reggie Jackson, excuse me, had 18 points, 8 assists, 3 rebounds. Luke Kennard from Duke, the sniper, had 19 points, 2 assists, 4 rebounds, 1 steal. And for the Bucks, Giannis had 26 points, 4 assists, 12 rebounds, 2 blocks. Chris Middleton had 24 points, 8 assists, 5 rebounds, 1 steal. Eric Bledsoe had 27 points, 6 assists, 4 rebounds, 3 steals, 1 block. Definitely filling up the stat sheet for the Bucks. And Pat Connaughton. The former Notre Dame uh, Hooper had 18 points, three assists, nine rebounds, four blocks. I didn't watch a lot of this game. I just watched the highlights, and it wasn't nothing to watch. The Bucks are clearly just a better team. This should be a sweep. This probably this going to be the only series that should be a sweep that will be a sweep that has a still has a possibility of being a sweep. I don't think the Buck or the Pistons will win a game just because they don't have enough. Blake Griffin has been ruled out for the entire series with that knee. Um, and yeah, man, the Bucks are just clearly the better team. It's nothing the Pistons can do. They were forty-one and forty-one for you know throughout the regular season, going absolutely five hundred, obviously. But the Bucks are just clearly the better team. They got Giannis. Like I said, if you have the best player in the series, then you'll have a great chance to win. And the Pistons just have no answer. They got Thon Maker guarding Giannis and. Giannis is pretty much uh, Thon's vet when he first came into the league. If you don't know, Thon was drafted to the Bucks, and I believe 20, it was at 15, maybe 2014, whatever year it was. And Giannis has always been his vet, so Giannis is kind of bullying him. It's going to be a long series for Thon Maker. I'm pretty sure he's going to be happy when it's over. Um, he had a nasty dunk on Thon last night. That was disgusting. I was like, oh, my gosh, he's playing bully ball. He was really a man amongst boys, but... So it is what it is. Some team stats, though. The Bucks shot 47 of 90, which is 52%. The Pistons shot 37 of 99, which is 37%. The Bucks shot 11 of 26 from three, which is 42%. And the Pistons shot 12 of 36, which is 33%. Bucks shot 15 of 21, 71% from the from free throw. Um, Pistons shot 13 of 17, which is 76%. The Bucks out-rebounded the Pistons 61 to 54 the Bucks had 32 assists. Great ball movement. Shout that's um, most notably with Mike uh, Budenholzer, their coach. Really good coach. Really knows. Really knows what he's doing. He's been in the league for a while. Yeah, so Budenholzer knows what he's doing with them. Um, both teams have five steals. The Bucks had 11 blocks. The Pistons only had seven. The Bucks had 13 turnovers. The Pistons had nine, and the Bucks had 28 fast break points. The Pistons only had 10, so the Bucks outscored them plus 18 in the fast break points category. So that should really tell you the entire story for that game. And the Bucks had 60 points in the paint. 60. 60 points in the paint. Um, 
and the Pistons had 38. And that sounds crazy because the Bucks had 60, but like the Pistons have a pretty good front court. I mean, even though Blake Griffin's not playing, Thonmaker still has an ability. He's a good shot blocker. If anything Thonmaker is good at, he's good at shot blocking. And Andre Drummond, too. I don't know what's really happening, but 60 points in the paint is definitely ridiculous. So we're going to have to see. But like I said, man, the Bucks won 120-99. to The Bucks lead the series 2-0, heading to Detroit for Game 3. And the final game we had last night was the Rockets and the Jazz. Um, the Rockets are the three seed. The Jazz are the six seed. The Rockets won by 20 points. Um, this series has been underwhelming, to say the least. I thought it was going to be a lot tighter than this because the Jazz have been here. They know what they're doing. But all I've seen so far is that they've been struggling on offense. The Rockets are out shooting them, which, of course, we probably expected. But they're king in on Donovan Mitchell and nobody else. The Rockets defense is king in on Donovan Mitchell and nobody else can produce offensively for the Jazz. Joe Ingles has been slow. Obviously, Ricky Rubio has never been a true offensive threat like that. Rudy Gobert is more of a defensive player. Um, Derek Favors is off and on. He's not really a primary scorer. It's like they only have Donovan Mitchell offensively to get them consistent buckets. Royce O'Neal is really good too, but you got to have more than just one player step up for you. When Donovan is hot, the whole team is hot. So it's a whole different thing. When Royce O'Neal is hot, it's not really the same kind of factor because they know like he's not that dominant scorer that Donovan is. And that's not a knock on Royce O'Neal because I know Royce O'Neal is definitely talented, but they got to figure some things out going into game three um, at home. But some stats. Derek Favors had 14 points, 12 rebounds, one steal, three blocks. Rudy Gobert had 11 points, one assist, 12 rebounds, two steals. Ricky Rubio had 17 points, nine assists, four rebounds, four steals. Donovan Mitchell, like I said, it's been, it's been a slow start to the series for him. Had 11 points, six assists, one rebound, two steals. Royce O'Neal played really good, 17 points, four assists, two rebounds, one steal. And for the Rockets, P.J. Tucker had 16 points, 4 rebounds, 2 steals. CP3 had 17 points, 3 assists, 4 rebounds, 2 steals, 2 blocks. James Harden had 32 points, 10 assists, 13 rebounds, triple-double alert, and 1 block. And Eric Gordon capped off their stat box, stat sheet, stat box with 16 points, 1 rebound, 2 steals, and 1 block. This game was the Rockets all the way. Like I said, the Jazz are an elite defensive team, but... The Rockets are just that much better offensively, and the Jazz have no answers for them. Virtually, like every other team in the league, James Harden is just unguardable. It's simple as that. There's no defense to guarding James Harden unless you throw a double team at him and make, which I've seen happen. The Lakers did a pretty good job of it in the regular season this season um, of guarding him, but it's just no answer. Once he gets that ball in his hands, it's either going to be a bucket it's going to be a lob to Clint Capella. It's going to be assist to P.J. Tucker or Eric Gordon. Or he's getting to the free throw line. It's no way you can stop James Harden. And he's earned that reputation because he takes a lot of contact. He knows what he's doing. He's very good at getting to his spots. There's no way you can stop him from getting to his spots. If you cut off his left hand, he'll go right and then cross you back over and still get to his left hand. And his court vision is phenomenal. So it's really just nothing you can do. But... Um, the Jazz played well, though. They stayed in the game for a majority of the, uh, for a little bit, I guess you can say, but, um, the Rockets, man, just have too much firepower. Um, James Harden had 
And James Harden had damn near a triple-double at halftime. He had 25-7-7, seven, and seven, and he only played 19 minutes in the first half. So that's could that's pretty much the sum of the whole game right there. He was just, there's nothing you can do about him. Only There's only a few teams that, you can't really guard James Harden, but you can contain him. You get what I'm saying? You can slow him down. That is possible. Like, it's possible for every great bucket getter. You can slow him down, but the Jazz couldn't even slow him down. So, um, for, for some reason... Um, Quinn Snyder, who is an excellent coach, he's the coach of the Jazz, has Ricky Rubio guarding him. I don't know why, because Ricky Rubio is not that good of a defender. And if you don't know, I think one of James Harden's best crossovers is on Ricky Rubio when he made him fall back when Rubio was playing on the Timberwolves. And, you know, he had a nasty crossover last night where he he, broke him and then he shimmied on him and he missed the shot. But if he would have made it, that probably would have been the most disrespectful jumper or disrespectful play in NBA history because that was disrespectful if I was Ricky Rubio I'm not gonna lie I probably would have fought him got it you know kicked out the game but you got to go out with some type of pride but it is what it is some team stats the Rockets shot 38 of 80 which is overall from the field goal which is 47 percent the Jazz shot 39 of 98 which is 39 percent the Rockets shot 17 of 42 from three which is 40 percent the Jazz shot eight of 38 which is only 21 percent from the free, uh, from the three-point line excuse me that's not going to cut it 38 percent from the three versus the Rockets that type of high-powered offense you got to get a little more production than that um the Rockets shot 25 of 30 from the free throw, which is 83%. The Jazz shot 12 of 18, which is 66%. The Jazz actually out-rebounded the Rockets 58 to 54. The Jazz had 27 assists. The Rockets only had 17. The Jazz had 16 steals. The Rockets only had 8. Rockets had 9 blocks, though. Clint Capella, you know, doing most of that. Um, and CP3 had a couple blocks, too. But, um... The Jazz only had three, and the Rockets had 18 turnovers. The Jazz had 12, and the Jazz had 21 fast break points, and the Rockets had 15, and the Jazz had 58 points in the paint, and the Rockets had 38. And that's crazy because the Jazz, you know, won a lot of these team stats, and they still lost by 20. So they're going to have to figure out a lot of things heading into game three in Utah. So we shall see. But with all that being said, man, those are just recaps of game twos. There is some games on tonight. I know my Sixers play the Nets. I believe the Warriors play the Clippers again for game three. Um, So we shall see. I will get back to you guys on those games tomorrow. As always, have a blessed and beautiful day and rest of your week. Um, Please continue to like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, share, and all those other good things. Y'all have a blessed one. As always, it's been another episode of the Kevo Bands Who's Podcast. One love and peace.